There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. fans how you doing today it's talking hockey the hockey talking show we're back here on monday the 21st of november uh it is the uh, gray cup hangover edition i suppose um if you're a fan of canadian football the the final was on last night but this isn't talking football this is talking hockey and it's co-host tom here with you and i am with as always co-host randy uh, and we're going to call this episode uh, the, the Mullen. It's the uh, episode seven of our fifth season here. So we're calling it the Joe Mullen. Um, kind of fitting with the foot. He looked like a defensive lineman with his neck collar thing um, that he wore for at least a couple seasons, I'm pretty sure. Um, so, yeah, kind of fitting with the football theme there. But uh Co-host Randy, looks like you um, are trying to decide which jersey to wear uh, from your stash of jerseys. How many jerseys you got in there that you're sorting through? Oh, probably 10 or so. Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever ever officially counted, but um, geez, that's a tough call. I, I, I might have to like go off the board and, and rock my Saskatoon Blades jersey just because... <laughs> Not too many other people have a Saskatoon yeah. Blades jersey, so that's kind is of my it, go-to jersey for some reason. Is a is your Blades one? Is it a white jersey or is it blue or? No, it's almost like the Jets Aviator blue looking one. Yeah. They wore those like 10, 12 years ago, um, uh, kind of as their third jersey. It's kind of got the Saskatoon script writing. That's like the classic sports yeah. team city look. Uh, nice. and then navy shoulders and then kind of like the aviator blue kind of throughout but yeah nah. i like the blades i i got a crosby one uh two pittsburgh ones uh yeah um, so those are kind of like one. your your like pleasure jerseys if you will and then you've got how many like uh uh you know business jerseys like ones that you oh. wear on the ice how many of those do you have two stink birds three caress so that's five <laughs> two garage league that's seven yeah one hatrick swayze's that's eight <laughs> i think that's it maybe. okay yeah yeah that's that's it oh do you have an apocalypse one no i don't no okay yeah so eight, oh yeah. i have i've sad news about my one of my pieces of apocalypse merchandise my beloved apocalypse toque i lost on the weekend i left it uh i could probably go back to the community center and sort through their lost and found box but uh yeah bit of a hey maybe if the good folks from apocalypse uh the planning committee you know maybe they could uh <laughs> offer a free couple tukes here for for the boys 
listeners, if you're wondering what is Apocalypse, well, it's the greatest outdoor winter hockey tournament this city has to offer. It takes place February long weekend. We'll be talking about it more as the date approaches. But right now, let's talk a little bit of Joe Mullen. Um, what do you remember about Mulsey? I don't know if that was his nickname, but that's what I'm calling him. Uh, well, he, he could score, he could score some goals. That's for sure. Uh, I remember him on mainly on Calgary and Pittsburgh. Those were kind of the two teams I remember, but looking back at his Wikipedia here, I see he was also on St. Louis and Boston, but yeah, I I remember St. Louis like early on from hockey cards, but mostly, um, yeah, he won a cup with Calgary. He won two cups with Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's in the hall of fame. Um, uh, one of the sort of. Uh, he's American born and in, in the era that he played, I don't know that there were like, well, there certainly weren't as many Americans in the NHL as there are these days. So he was certainly one of the, the top Americans to, to really have ever played. He's finished with just give you a quick little rundown of the numbers here. 1,062 career NHL games, 1,063 career NHL points, uh, not too shabby. And then if you go and add, in his playoff um, totals, he he had 143 playoff games and 106 points. Um, yeah, so he was a key member of a couple of those cup-winning teams there with with Calgary and then, and then the back-to-back Pittsburgh Cups in the early 90s. Yeah, he won three cups in four years, 89, 91, and 92. So he almost did the Patrick Maroon. <laughs> or the Corey Perry. Well, the the opposite of Corey Perry. Yeah. Corey Perry ended up getting a cup, though, I think, right? Well, early. He got the Anaheim one, but since then... Would Tampa, did he get one? No. no he, he he lost to Tampa against Colorado, right. and he... And then lost to Colorado. Uh, or, yeah. Yeah. and When he was on Montreal, he lost to Tampa. Lost to Tampa, to Tampa. Yeah. 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 And then lost uh, to Dallas. He played for Dallas and lost to Tampa. Yeah. Three, well, three losses in a row. <laughs> and, then, and then Marion Hosa, another guy who kind of was in several finals in a row there. And then eventually he got his three cups three, in yeah. six years with Chicago, but he, he missed out <laughs> with Detroit and then Pittsburgh or no vice versa. And then uh, and it went, went to Chicago, but um, yeah. And actually uh, one more little great cup reference for you about that. There was a guy on the Argos. I can't remember his name. They showed this uh, during the game last night. That was his sixth straight Grey Cup appearance. Wow! Uh, with three or four different teams now, um, but he, uh, yeah, I guess finally won one there with the Argos last night. But uh, yeah, pretty wild. Um, yeah, Joey Mullen. So after his playing days, he went and got into coaching, and uh, I don't think he coaches anymore. But he was uh, he was a coach of the Flyers the year they went to the finals against uh Chicago and then they lost on that Patty Kane overtime goal I believe it was the ghost goal almost yeah the goal that yeah. no one thought went in yeah yeah the, the so, thing that I find interesting about uh Joe Mullen here on his hockey DB and yeah. y- you see this uh sometimes but you know he he played a majority of his career you know a good portion of his career with the Pittsburgh Penguins so mm-hmm. you know and he won two cups so He's a penguin at heart, right? So then yeah. he he retires from playing. He becomes an assistant for the Penguins, and he's there for about five or six seasons. And then he jumps ship, and he's a f- assistant with the Flyers. Like, 
the cross state rivals exactly like he jump jumps uh ship to go to the other 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 side i always find that pretty interesting yeah well and then you know ron hextall current uh gm i think of the penguins going Uh, the other way philly flyer legend but um yeah i kind of always thought of joe mullen as a bit of a defensive expert you know like a real uh shutdown kind of uh forward to you know two-way kind of guy but um yeah he could score obviously at a point a game throughout his career um but in those days in the 80s 90s well less so into the 90s with the dead puck era when that kind of got going but um the the 80s were high scoring obviously and and he you know when he put up 110 points there with uh calgary the year that they won the cup you know he won the lady bing he was on the heart ballot you know to win that uh didn't but um his 110 points were probably like fifth in team scoring or something you know (laughs) yeah but uh yeah joey mullen uh i i just remember him mostly for that um, yeah, the, the football neck guard thing. The football neck guard. So we'll make sure we'll post a couple pictures of that on our Instagram, which uh, go ahead and give it a follow. That's at Talking Hockey Podcast on Instagram. And uh, yeah, we'll, uh, you know, share. We've, I've been a little slack on that lately, but what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll get her going. But um, let's get her going here today, Randy, talking some hockey. Let's talk some Jets. It's kind of been a minute since we've talked Jets. Uh, we didn't have a show the last week. Uh, you were on the road. I was on the road. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's get into the jets. We're, they've played 15 games, 16 16, games now, (laughs) 10, five and one record. Who saw that coming? Not us. <laughs> I don't think we did. If you rewind nope. to uh, our our show back in September, I think we were probably uh, some Debbie Downers over here. Yeah, I, I think I remember coming to the agreement that we were like, you know what, if they're 500, hey, wicked. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, no, they're they're doing better than that. They're doing better than 500. Yeah, they're 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 looking they're looking decent. Um, I missed the Penguins game. Um, I do believe that there was an empty net goal or two. So it was one three- empty net goal, and then it was it was a one nothing game. Okay, you know, uh, Hellebuck um, mishandled the puck late in the third period. You know, I love Connor Hellebuck, but his puck handling is atrocious, <laughs> and you know they they should there should just be a rule, be like Connor, don't do it, <laughs> like, but. Late in the game, uh, he came out to play the puck. Sidney Crosby, of all players, is coming in on him, and he tried to kind of dangle a weird backhand past Sid. Sid knocks it down, and, you know, bing, bang, boom, it's in the net. Um, and then they added an empty netter for the 3 nothing victory. Only the, only the second regulation loss for the Jets in their past 11, which is pretty not bad, and only their second home loss this season so far. Uh, also not too bad, but, um, it was a, it was a hockey night in Canada game, which the jets just don't do well on Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. Like, I don't know what it is, but they, they'd never seem to be able to pull out a victory when they're on the big show. What, what would you say? Like the biggest surprise to you so far this season is like, is there someone who's playing, you know, uh, 
you know, a past your, or your expectations, mm. exceeding your expectations for them? Are you kind of like, ah, you, this is what you expected. Or like when you look at, look at the lineup in the last few games, like, you know, how, how are you, how are you feeling about the boys? Yeah. I would say like, um, if there's somebody that's kind of playing or exceeding my expectations, um, Probably Josh Morrissey, I guess. I mean, I, I I had a weird gut feeling thinking that he was going to have himself a pretty great season, but he's leading the team in scoring right now. You know, I didn't <laughs> I didn't think that was going to be the case. Um, I I can't remember if he's scored a goal yet or not. Yeah, he's, he's got, got one whole, goal. Yeah, and a whole pile of assists. And one, um, one goal, fifteen assists. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and Kyle Connor's right there with. 15 points i believe he he had the hat trick the other night to to get his goal tally up to five and uh and then shifley's got you know 10 or no how many i, I should pull up the stats yeah. in front of me he, he's but, got uh, 10 goals for assists yeah yeah so um to me though what you're you, the second part of your question how am i feeling about the boys i'm feeling good about them i think they're all playing very well and i i i would i would credit that to the bonus the bonus bonus, like the, or the bonus bump or whatever, <laughs> like he's, he's got them, um, playing some, some tight hockey. It's kind of, I don't know if you could call it low event hockey, you know what I mean? But I think that's what they're trying to do is just like, you know, to, to keep it simple, you know, and then the quick shifts, the ice time is a little more distributed so that your sort of top guys are fresher, more often, you know, they're not out there for two minutes at a time. They're out there for 40 seconds, get off, you get back on. It's like when you think of video games and you're like power meter or whatever, it used to be under Maurice, <laughs> the power meter would go all the way down and it takes a while to get built back up. But Maurice would run Shifley out there for 27 minutes a game or whatever. Yeah. And, and then now with bonus, you see the power meter never goes all the way down. It'll go down maybe halfway or three quarters or, or a quarter or whatever. And then it, it comes back up quicker because, you know, you got your, you're rolling more lines or whatever kind of. And so your, your top guys are able to sort of have a little more juice uh, in the tank. That's kind of my theory, but like right now, my biggest concern is, is the injury to Ehlers. He's going uh, under the knife for a sports hernia surgery. And then Morgan Barron's out. Mason Appleton's out. So there's three of your sort of top top nine, nine forwards. They need, they need, um, I think they need to uh, add somebody uh, in the top six for scoring. Cause no offense to Sam Gagne, but he, he can't really play on that top line. He's just, he can't really keep up, you know? And, well, he's great for depth. Like, you know, in a pinch, you can put, a, put yeah. him up there. But I, I do believe you're right, especially if those guys are out for two months or more. Then yeah. you don't want to really um, let this great start slip away. Um, and wouldn't it be mm -hmm. kind of more ideal to kind of strike, you know, now? And then, you know, and then you've got this bonus, this extra guy to come come into the line or now come in not, into the lineup now and then. Ehlers comes back and Appleton comes back and yeah and Morgan Barron comes back and then you're just that much deeper like yeah exactly and I, I I wouldn't I'd be cautious to mess with the team chemistry a bit too right now because I feel like 
they've got their mojo going, you know, they're, um, they, they seem like they're, um, you know, as, as Maurice would always say, like, uh, you know, I like this team or whatever. They're, yeah, they're tight, tight, tight room, tight, tight group, tight room, tight yeah. room. That's what he would say. Yeah. So, here, so here's a question. Like, honestly, you know, obviously Shifley and Connor look good together because they are great hockey players. But if you think to last year, like how good Dubois and Connor were together, yeah. like, like wouldn't you want to like, again, would you, do you want to mess with that chemistry? Like potentially um, explore what, could be happening there. Like I know there's been a couple games in the past week or so where there has been times where it was Shifley, Wheeler and Perfetti on a line together. <clears throat> I think maybe during that, uh, maybe around Calgary or Sa Seattle at one point. Um, mm. But, you know, would you, if you were, if you were in Rick bonus's position, maybe if you were wearing his pants, if you will, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, would you, you know, not tinker too much and kind of just keep things as the way they are, or would you kind of explore, Hey, maybe Connor and PLD should get some looks together. Yeah. I think that I, yeah, I kind of like the idea that bonus has kind of been going with in not tinkering too much. You know, he likes, he likes that line of Wheeler, Dubois and Perfetti and and they they've been they've been solid um you know and it's in, it's enticing to be like yeah we could put Dubois and Connor back together and you know maybe crank up some uh production there but then you're putting Perfetti with Shifley and you still don't have really another winger there um and I think yeah I don't know like the other the other thing too is in the NHL over the last few years, you really notice like duos that it's kind of like, yeah, put whoever on the other wing, but like put these two guys together kind of thing. And, and um, for a long time, Shifley and Wheeler were that duo. Um, but I think with, with Wheeler on the line with Dubois, it's a lot of, they're, they're, they're big boys and they can create, space for Perfetti to sort of get his feet right. wet in a way, you know, as a rookie. And he's been playing pretty good. I think there's a lot of room for him to improve, but like he's been pretty good. No complaints about Perfetti. Um I'd like to see him, you know, put the the biscuit in the basket a little more, but he's he's getting shots and stuff. So I mean it'll come. But I, I think that the Shifley Connor duo, they're fast, they're skilled, you know, they, they know like they're good at finding each other. I think it's a good duo. So like, I would, I would kind of leave that as it is and try and just plug that, that other wing spot, like on the line with Connor and Shifley and not, not shuffle those lines too much. The shuffling seems to really have been happening in the bottom six right now with, yeah. with the, the injuries that are all going on. So, but the, the Jets fourth line, I mean, which is driven by um, the Gus bus. bus. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been so impressive. He doesn't get a lot of minutes. He hasn't really scored any points. I don't think he's got um, two assists, two assists. Yeah. Um, but he's, he just looks so like, uh, like he looks like a veteran. Like he doesn't look like a rookie. He's smart. He's a smart hockey player. Like it yeah. looks like he's always in the right spot. His stick's yeah. in the right place. 
winning draws. <clears throat> always he's good at face-offs. Yeah. He's good at face-offs. Yeah. That's a pretty key uh, factor. So, yeah, I like what the fourth line's been doing. And then, you know, like, I, I guess, like we said, with all the injuries, there's been shuffling. But, like, the Sacramento line in, I mean. Oh, he's been you great. Know, He's been he's been good, you know, yeah. and he's fast. He's big. He crashes. He bangs. I've heard a couple calls, uh, you know, online to to sort of try and see maybe what he could look like on that top line because of his speed and stuff. Maybe it'll happen soon. Yeah, and maybe it'll happen. I don't know that. Like he, I don't think he's probably got the hands, the finishing touch, if you will, uh, to play with those guys. But I mean, neither does Mason Appleton really. Um, and he, but he did pretty decently there yeah, until he in got that injured Seattle game or but like yeah. prior to getting injured he he looked really good yeah yeah but so, like you know another kind of factor coming into this season was <laughs> scoring from the from the defenseman and uh like you said Josh Morrissey is leading the team in points with one goal 15 assists and Neil Pionk is at in fifth in scoring on the team with four goals seven assists so you know, it's not like they're blowing the doors off the place, but um, yeah, they've got a couple defensemen that are actually like you know key contributors to the scoring. Totally, and um, the points share of the total, so the defenseman's points share of the team's total scoring points so far this season. I heard this on the Saturday night game there that um, they're third in the league in that in that department. So they've increased the points the scoring from the blue line for sure um and that's been a key sort of thing for their success this season i would say like they um i i forget what the it was like 27 percent of the points have come from the defenseman or something like that so um yeah you like to see it i mean the there's you know it, it's mostly i would say yeah pionk and and morrissey that that do like you'd like to see a little more from Nate Schmidt, I think. You know, he's only got two points so far. Um, but he's been playing well. Um, both his points are goals. Um, but he's he's been playing well, and it's surprising he hasn't added a few assists in there, you know. Like you would think that those would come. And I don't really expect Dylan to to score too much, but um He's a you couple know, good tilts though lately. Or at least oh one. yeah, he's doing his thing and he's playing really well. Um, and then you know Demello, that guy, I think he's scored maybe one goal in his entire Winnipeg Jets uh, <laughs> the career so far. But like, um, you know, he's he's reliable defensively, and you need that. That said, let's think about like if the jets need to acquire a top six winger, like they're going to have to do that through trade. Right. Like, I mean, you can call up guys from the moose and hope for some magic and that's, you know, the Mikey Isimont or whatever has come up and, but I mean, he's playing a third, fourth line role. You, I, in my opinion, they need to acquire a proven goal scorer, somebody who can put the biscuit in the basket and not hope that you, they will, you know yeah. what I mean? Well, I, I was just on the ice this morning with a couple garage leaguers. Uh, we have ice this morning at the Winter Club, and uh, you know, one of one of our teammates actually had an interesting, uh, you know, acquired uh, player to acquire. But we're due for some tunes, so okay. let's let's throw to a couple tunes, and then we'll get into maybe some guys that we'd like to see on the Jets uh, to maybe fill out that top six. Sure. Yeah. We'll we'll dream about who 
could be on the Jets, possibly. Uh, while we listen to this tune from Sloan off their new album, it's called uh, In a Dream. Uh, sorry, <laughs> it's called Dream It All Over Again. Dream then, It All Over Again, and then there there'll be is. a seamless segue transition to Sam Roberts' <laughs> song, The Canadian yeah, the Dream. Canadian Dream. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so we're dreaming here, boys and girls, uh, on the radio, uh, talking hockey, the hockey talking show. Uh, take it away, Sloan. What you gonna do if they call your name? I'll raise your hand, the beat to the band in two. Today, the Canadian dream was as 
far away as it's ever been, as it's ever been. Is the only way. 
Okay, that was Sam Roberts, uh, or the Sam Roberts Band, yes, as it were, uh, with the Canadian Dream. Uh, classic track off uh, his, uh, I believe that's from Born in a Flame album, going back to, oh, that's probably going back a decade or more now, that, uh, that album. I think it was maybe even 20 years ago? Jeez. Anyway, we'll leave that for the... Uh, We'll leave that for you to Google. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there's a line in that song about it being 40 below, and we're not there yet, although winter is definitely here. And the ODRs, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that they're probably going to be open before too long. Um, I don't know about you, Randy, but I'm getting uh, getting a little excited about that prospect of the ODRs getting going. Yeah, I think, well, What's the vibe like in Riverview and Lord Roberts? Any any sense of some action around those rinks? Uh, you know, I like I haven't really actually been down to check them out with with us being away kind of when winter hit, um, and then just being back this week, I just haven't had the time to go really down and and have a look. But Riverview is always pretty on the ball about getting going, so I'd imagine they're probably working towards that. So, um, yeah. Anyway, but. Uh, before the break there, before the songs, we were kind of talking about uh, dreaming about who might be available or ideal targets for the Jets to put in the top six. And you uh, you said you have a, a, a you got a suggestion uh, in the locker room from uh, from our friend, uh, friend of the show, John Lambert. Yeah, well, actually, it wasn't even in the locker room, but it was like oh. in, bet- in between plays <laughs> on the ice. Like he is he is legitimately like legitimately. uh interested in you know thinking that the jets need to make a move like immediately and yeah in, in, like he i passed him the puck and he's like talking talking to me about jets trades like <laughs> like this guy is the real deal um but, uh, which is great to see uh you want yeah, you want to yeah. see people uh, excited over this team but his idea <laughs> was uh bring in somebody like josh anderson who mm. uh might do some damage alongside pld or or even adam lowry you know like that's yeah. Imagine those uh, twin towers. Man, now there's a name I hadn't even actually considered was Josh Anderson. And I know Montreal really likes him, but contractually wise, thinking about what he earns and where Montreal's at in their rebuild, all that kind of stuff. Maybe they could be convinced to to part ways with him for the, you know, like um, they don't have a ton of veteran experience on their blue line maybe they want to add a, a piece there like a, a dylan DeMello or something like that probably they would want some draft picks or prospects i guess in return um but that's a that's an intriguing one i like the idea of that imagine yeah him him and pld together that that'd be um that'd be imposing <laughs> yeah like i i think a lot of his kind of uh motivation for for that idea was like having guys that are tough to play against, uh, yeah. especially like in the playoffs, like, you know, you, if you look at the Jets lineup, you know, they got Connor, Ehlers, Perfetti, you know, little, little smaller, slender yeah. players. Uh, so if you bring in another bruiser or banger and crasher, you know, yeah. that, that might kind of help, uh, you know, give the Jets a bit more of an identity to kind of uh, yeah. not be so easy Def- to play against. Definitely. He was pretty clutch on Montreal's run to the final two seasons ago, whatever that was there. Um, yeah, Anderson was, he plays a, he plays a real North-South game, you know, like he's full tilt. I think actually 
thinking about it, like maybe put him just right with uh, keep that Perfetti Dubois Wheeler line, and then you know in their dreams, if if Josh Anderson gets traded to the Jets, put him with Connor and and Shifley because the speed he can keep up for sure. He's he's a quick guy, um, and yeah, he could uh, probably create a little extra room for those guys. I think he typically plays in Montreal with Suzuki and Caulfield who are not the biggest guys, but they're pretty skilled and whatever. And um, although Montreal's, I think has been also been playing Kirby doc with those two guys, but doc and, and Anderson are probably similar size. Like they're both big boys. Yeah. Um, they can both skate that kind of thing. So um, yeah, that's a very interesting uh, target player to target there for the jets i wonder yeah i like that and you gotta you gotta think when you know if he's here and then the other guys like ehlers appleton and morgan baron come back yeah like it's a good compliment to the group like you're not gonna have too much of like say if you bring in like a i don't know like a connor garland or something like that yeah you know then when ehlers comes back like no offense like those guys are both good. It'd be great to have them both, but it'd be good, I think, you know, to add some size. Like, for sure. Think about that Jets team that made the run in 2018. Uh, they were there were some big boys on that on that. Yeah, uh, and when it comes down, yeah, when it gets to the playoffs, you know, if the Jets qualify, which, knock on wood, they're uh, looking like they at this point they they will. Um, it's super early yet where, you know, we're not quite at American Thanksgiving, which I believe is next week. And they always say, you know, 75% of the time, or what's the saying? A hundred percent of the time, 75% 70, yeah. of the time, yeah. uh, you make the playoffs if you're there by American Thanksgiving. But um, yeah. Yeah. Connor Garland, no offense to him. I mean, he can score and the, the jets do need an infusion of offense, but like from everything I've kind of heard or read about him, he's not great away from the puck, you know? Um, so whatever, I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, there was a couple other ideas I had on players that the jets could or would target and going back to like, even just the off season and, and probably before that, even a name that has been thrown around is Jesse Puyarvi for the Oilers. Oh yeah. But I would be hesitant to to make a move for that guy because if you're looking for offense, which I is what I think the jets are looking for or should be looking for. Pulu, Pulu, I can't even say his name. Pulu Jarvi. Yeah. Well, he can't even score on McDavid's wing. So. That's what I mean. Like he's, he plays with McDavid, uh, dry whoever, like he can't even score with those guys. Um, despite all the potential he has, you know, he's got potential. And then they always are like, yeah, but look at his underlying metrics of like advanced stats and whatever is expected goals for and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't care about expected goals for, I want real goals for, yeah. and he can't, he hasn't to this point shown that he can do it. So I would steer clear of him if I'm Kevin Shovel day off, but um, do you think, the- do you think a move is mandatory, especially with teams like, like St. Louis had that big long losing streak, but now it seems like they're kind of knocking back on the door. Yeah, they're back right up there on a winning streak now. And, and Nashville, I thought they were going to be better than what they were so far. It's still early. Minnesota, yeah. same thing. Like, yeah, I think the Jets 
need to kind of keep pace uh, to stay ahead because I think it won't be long before a few more of these teams in the central kind of catch fire. For sure. Um, you know, yeah, Nashville's tricky. I don't know that they're like, I don't, I don't know that they're going to be much better than they kind of are this season, but that said, you know, they could get, this could certainly get pretty hot. Minnesota, I thought they were going to be the sort of number two team in the division. And they're currently like playing 500 hockey, eight wins, eight losses, two OTLs. Um, their problem has been, and now Marc-Andre Fleury is, is injured, I believe. So their problem has kind of been goaltending. Um, and defense defensively, they haven't been very good, I don't think. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Minnesota might, you know, kind of hover around the middle of the Central. The Central's, like the, the big dogs, Colorado, it kind of took them a minute to get going, you know? They were they're ten five and one right now, same record as the Jets, but they were kind of like hovering at five hundred for a good chunk of the season. But it looks like they're kind of rolling now. And then, you know, um, St. Louis lost what eight in a row or something, uh, but now they've also won six in a row. So they're yeah. like. Who knows what's like going on extre- there? Extremely hot and extremely cold. Yeah, um, but yeah. I, ultimately, like I think it's still going to be a battle in that central because one or two teams are going to miss the playoffs again. They're going to yeah. be good teams. Um, yeah. I, I also think like, um, do you think Dallas is the real deal? Like right now they're in first place. Yeah. Um, I think so. Like they just, um, yeah, I think they'll keep up a similar pace. I don't know. Maybe they'll cool off a little bit, but like between them and Colorado, that's probably going to be the battle for first place. Like, you know, the jets are right there at the moment, but I think those two teams might pull away a little bit on the jets, you know, but that's why I think it's probably important that the jets do kind of make a move to try and bolster the offense because they can't like with this hot start, they can't really afford to sort of let it slide. So, um, you know, I, in my opinion, I think, you know, like Hellebuck is having himself so far a a Vesna sort of caliber year. Like he's, he's looking good. So if the jets can score like two or three goals a game, (laughs) like they're probably going to win more games than they lose because Hellebuck has been playing that kind of hockey where it's like, you know, score three goals and and you're good to go. Like he's going to, he's going to keep the pocket out of their net. But like that game against the Penguins, which was essentially a one, nothing game, like the jets, I mean, they had their chances and Tristan Jerry was uh, really good. So, you know, that that'll happen, but they just couldn't score, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. Like, if the Jets have to make a trade of a roster player to acquire, you know, somebody to help out in the top six, who who's your sort of pick or who do you think would be heading out? Well, I like I don't know if this is a fit for the Jets or what, but I think Bo Harvat is gonna be an interesting player to watch mm. this year because it he's scoring goals left, right, and center. Um, you know, I don't 
see it working for the Jets because the Jets aren't just that kind of team to make a splash like that. But mm-hmm. I also like I I don't really know a player specifically, but I feel that the Jets sh- should hopefully get a jump on a move because pretty soon like the the big dogs like Carolina and Boston and Toronto and Tampa, Colorado, Dallas, those guys, those teams are going to start sniffing around for missing pieces. Yeah. And I think you're going to lose players unfortunately that would rather go to those cities than would want to come to Winnipeg. So I think you maybe need to maybe try and get a jump on it and Yeah. try and lock somebody in sooner than later because you know, then you get into that free or not the the trade deadline but before you know um the roster freeze or whatever. Uh and everyone's just going to want to go to a like a big time contender. So Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. You and, and the prices also early. get a little bit outrageous at that time where you're, you know, sending first round picks for Nick Felino or whatever, <laughs> like yeah, exactly. whatever Toronto kind of did the other year. But yeah, I, I guess. So here, here's a thought though. Like, do you see like, um, in order to acquire somebody, you know, the jets do have a bit of a surplus on D like Vili Hainola has kind of been playing for the Moose, sitting in the press box, that kind of thing. Do you think that they would move a Dylan DeMello or somebody in order to get Hainola in their lineup? Or do you think that they would move Hainola as part of a package to acquire somebody? I hope they move a veteran guy. I, I don't think they should give up on Vili just yet. Unless yeah. it's like something crazy that you... It's a no-brainer, like Bo Horvat or something. But I couldn't right. see Heinola going there anyways because they've got Hughes over there. But yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I would, I would prefer. Like, you still got to think about the future. So I would rather keep him and maybe move whoever it could be. If it is Dylan Demello or Brendan Dylan, whoever, somebody. Um, yeah, I, I just, I wouldn't want to give up on on high and just yet, but um, yeah, especially if, it, if the person coming back only has like a short term left on their contract, if they were like maybe somebody coming with several years on their contract and, and it was a nice fit like that, then, then maybe, you know, you, you consider moving Hanola, but at 21 years old or whatever he is, it's kind of like, you, you don't want to, you don't want to give up on him right now. We, we got about six minutes left in the show. And uh, I think there's something that, we are kind of missing to talk about. Didn't you just go to the Winnipeg ice game on the weekend? Well, actually I didn't because oh, you didn't go. No, I was supposed to go. I I was scheduled to attend, but I had a stomach bug. Oh, and okay. so I was just dying to hear the Connor Bedard uh, experience, but we'll have to well, save that. Maybe, maybe you and I can go in the future. Yeah, the Pats are coming back to town here on the 11th of December, I believe. So, like, not too far from from now. Um, But my uh, the guys that I was gonna go with, um, apparently there there was a couple big tilts uh, uh, right right in their sort of end where they were sitting, and uh, they said that the, the the ice they were all over Bernard like. So I don't I didn't check the score sheet, but I I I think that the um the ice were able to contain them pretty decently. So, um, but yeah, no, I think yeah we'll have to go get a a, a, a an actual scouting report on Connor Bedard. 
So and, so uh, right now the Winnipeg Ice are leading the Eastern Conference with 20 wins and one loss. So it seems like they're <laughs> they're doing pretty good. We only went for to the one game I think last year, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they um and they just acquired somebody via trade like, you know, uh, the the Ice it seems like they're loading up to make a like a they, they were good last year, they're even better this year. You know what I mean? So um I think they're they're probably um yeah the 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 ice won five two uh on Saturday against against the uh the Regina, Regina Pats. Pats. Yeah. So um no they're they're loading up. They're gonna be uh pretty you pretty, know pretty. I, I don't know where the memorial couple the memorial cup is this year, but uh you would you would think that the the ice have their their eyes on the, on prize, the prize there yeah yeah well we got f- about four minutes left and let's do a quick tour around Canada uh, and some okay. some takes about the various Canadian uh, NHL teams who who's hot sure. who's not I guess the Jets right now are Canada's best team I think yeah yeah I mean between them and the Leafs um, Toronto kind of started slow but they've been playing really well lately and. I think um like they're like Oh no, well, Toronto's lost. Toronto is Canada's best team right now by three points. Yeah, but they've played more games than the Jets. So you know. Uh I I think let's let's give Canada's best the title of Canada's best team. Let's give it to the Jets right now. Because well, why not? Yeah, right? technically they <laughs> they are at seven or six fifty six winning percentage, and the Leafs are six thirty two. So oh, there you go, there you go. It's the proof is in the pudding. It's all <laughs> it's all it's all in, in the, the pr- percentage. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but I think yeah, the Leafs are not far behind them. Then um, I would say like in the three spot uh, for as far as if we're co- if we're doing a coast to coast kind of here. Um, like between me, between Edmonton and Calgary, they've both kind of been equally disappointing. Like, yeah, Calgary especially. Yeah, um, they've had some big changes. Like you know, it, pretty yeah. pretty decent uh, guys coming in and out. They had a bit of a losing streak there uh, for a while, and now they've kind of now they've um, won three of their last four, so that maybe they're turning it around. Um, but Edmonton, they kind of just seem to win one, lose one, win one, lose one. They, they haven't been all that great. Um, but that said, I think maybe Edmonton would probably be the third sort of in the three spot for for Canadian teams, and then like either Montreal or Calgary. Like Montreal, like you know they <laughs> they've kind of been bad this year. Obviously expected to be not great, but like they're over performing like they're over they're exceeding their expectations i think yeah and um you know they they've they've kind of um they've got some really good rookies playing and stuff like Caden Gooley that guy's looked phenomenal um you know i've i've watched a, a few habs games this year uh but they're and then like uh, Cole Caulfield not a rookie anymore but like man he's lighting it up like he's just on a, on a hot streak for sure. Um, but like, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, 
you know, they play Buffalo next. Montreal does. And Buffalo's on, I think, an eight-game losing streak. Yeah, so, they've gone cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it never fails. Keep... Every, every year, I always think Buffalo's going to be like a cup contender. And then yeah. they just crap the bed like once October's over, you know? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Well, and former Jets backup goalie Eric Comrie, who went to call, uh, the Buffalo uh, in the offseason, he is now out for like a month, maybe, or something like that. Got a, got a tweaked something or other, and yeah, he's injured now. So, um, I, I, he hasn't, he wasn't even playing that great, really. I mean, he had a couple good games, but he was. That, that's been Buffalo's issue, I think, is probably the goaltending. So, bringing up but, the rear, we got Vancouver and Ottawa, but we're, we're about a minute left in the show here. So, yeah, you wanna wrap her up and then throw to this song that we got queued up. Yeah, sure. Let's. I'll, well, well, uh, I'd like to send this last song out to um, my father-in-law, Dave, who passed away recently. And Dave wasn't much of a hockey guy, but he knew that I was a hockey guy. And my first Christmas that I spent with them, he gave me for Christmas a Habs jersey and a Leafs jersey just to get make sure he covered both bases kind of thing. Cause I don't think he knew like whatever, you know, I think his information was basically like, Oh, Tom likes hockey. <laughs> and so, um, but yeah, he was more of a baseball guy, but like he, anyway, uh, this song that we're going to throw to uh, taking care of business by BTO. It was, um, you know, we, we made a playlist for the kind of the reception after the funeral. And this was featured on there cause Dave took care of business and he was a fantastic man and we're going to miss him a lot. And, uh, yeah, just uh, this one goes out to him. So we'll leave it that we'll leave it at that. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in to Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We'll see you next week. Keep your stick on the ice.